This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, should we start? Yeah, shall we? Let's do it. This is uh, Seb Philpot. And I'm Verity Simmons. Uh, and uh, we are three in a bar. We are. We're in our mobile unit today, That's aren't right. we? Yeah. <laughs> we're, in, uh, we're in our special podcast vehicle. Yeah. And we are, um, basically, we, we thought we'd, we'd record the intro for this week while while on the way to to another guest which yes. we're not going to tell you who it is yet because that's that's for next week hold back hold back but um <laughs> we thought we'd just do it from here but it thought it'd be fun yeah and um we're also filming it and uh, uh hey guys uh if you're on the patreon then uh, you can see this video. Yeah, and by the way, thanks so much to our first six, am I right? Six Patreons. Yeah. Thanks for signing up. And listen, everyone who hasn't signed up yet, but I know you're going to, yeah. um, it's so cheap. £3.50 you can start at a month. That's right, yeah. What's that? I mean, Happy meal? I, I think so, something like that. Yeah. Not, not a lot. Not I a looked lot. it up actually this week to make some uh, fancy stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's a single ticket from Leighton to Beacon Tree. Beacon Tree? Now, Beacon Tree or Beacon Tree, <laughs> yeah. that's got a pub on the platform, hasn't it? Has it? Yeah. Oh, it's... okay. So if you choose to spend your money on that instead, <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I really. <laughs> that was a bad choice. <laughs> anyway, let, let's get to okay. this week's guest. Yes. Because, uh, because thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, but you don't want to hear about Beaconsfield. No. Uh, Although it is great. If you ever find yourself with half hour to spare, it's a good one to be at. Just jumping in here with a fact check very early on in the podcast. It's not Beckons Tree or Beaconsfield, whatever I said. I was thinking of Manning Tree. It's a completely different place. Anyway, back to the show. Um, anyway, this week's guest, who is it? It is DJ author, journalist, mm. Anna Whitehouse. Oh, right, yeah. Also known as, you might know her as Mother Pucker. Yeah. She is a force to be reckoned with on all social media platforms, but especially Instagram, which she has used amazingly to promote her Flex Appeal uh, campaign, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and also she talks really openly on there about all kinds of things like miscarriage, 
postnatal depression. But she chatted to us about all kinds of things. We went in on the DJing, didn't we, quite heavily? Yeah. yeah. We thought we'd, we'd <laughs> ask about the music aspect. For a start, with the DJing thing, I, I just am fascinated by radio and, yeah. and DJs and how, how it all works, uh, especially something like Heart, which is so slick. When yeah. you listen to it, it's just incredible compared to other things you might listen to, it, um, other other sort of podcasts or something. Um, but uh, so, yeah, we're really interested in that. And then we talked a lot about the sort of social media side, which we've been yeah. going on about last last few weeks quite a lot. Absolutely. And she has done, she's done it really well. She's mm. uh, really learned to use it for, for good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she was dead interesting about that. And we really picked her brains mm. on all of your behalf. Yes, that's right. And hopefully you'll pick up some tips. Yeah. Which she does share some pretty big ones. So, she does. Uh, should we mention the sound quality? Oh, yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, uh, just because we did it in her office. Th- there's a lot. Of, there's a bit of extra background noise in this there's interview, a bit of extra isn't background there? Noise. Basically, it was a bit of a boomy room mm. and there was some kind of interference from a, a wireless thing. I reckon there's something going on. Mm. Uh, so I've tried to fix it and... So if there's any slight uh, audio problems, then I've mentioned it and uh, hopefully... It's dealt with. It's dealt with. So don't <laughs> don't don't text me about it. I know about it. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It was a fun conversation. It and, was. Um, and Verity brought wine. So that was, that was really fun. <gasps> yeah, I did. Uh, anyway, let's have a listen to it. This is Anna Whitehouse. Oh, Anna, it's so nice to see you not at the school gate and oh. actually get to talk to you properly and ask you loads of weird, creepy things that, like, I can't when we're bundling children. <laughs> this is the equivalent of a dinner party. Like, yeah. this is 2020's dinner party, <laughs> sitting yeah. two metres apart with, like, lukewarm <laughs> carver. It is. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Yeah, don't Just... say we didn't treat you. Today. <laughs> yeah. I watched Abigail's party last night on, oh. on iPlayer. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. I yeah. love it. It's amazing. I'd never seen it before. I'd heard about it all my life, but um, it's so good. And oh, that's like so a, good. a 70s dinner party uh, is so it's so alien alien to like today's that was yeah. when like customs you know avocado customs. was uh an exotic fruit <laughs> yeah, do you remember and like skips were like <laughs> skips and watsits were handed <laughs> yeah. around like hors d'oeuvres <laughs> yes exactly uh, avocados you only ever had with prawns in the middle until about yeah. about seven years ago and then then it yeah. went mad <laughs> now it, then it went viral yeah. Yeah. rob really dropped me in it very early on in our relationship when i went down to his parents house and they were having a christmas party and i went to him very quietly oh it's like abigail's party he didn't get the reference but oh. just repeated it to them instantly no. and they knew the reference <laughs> oh no yeah, yeah it's really stuck 16 years we've been together and you know I'm so sorry. <laughs> 16 years, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good innings, eh? Hey? <laughs> sickness and health shall death do us part. Like, when it, when, when's the end bit? <laughs> yeah, quite. Happy days. Ooh, I laughed maniacally then, did you know? <laughs> yeah. Anna, like, you do so much. I want to, I was going to try and sum up neatly all the things, but you like journalist, author... <laughs> DJ, which we're going to massively go in D- on with, DJ, this, with yeah. this music DJ. podcast that we run here. 39-year-old yeah. knackered DJ. <laughs> <laughs> well, gonna, I mean, no, very young and youthful. Yeah. Vibrile. <laughs> at, at your station, though, there's lots of there's lots of youngins at heart, aren't there? So do you come in and take over from a teenager? or <laughs> do, I, do I come in with my bus pass and go, <laughs> <No>. oi, <laughs> out? <laughs> yeah, there's lots of, yeah, there's lots of, like, 
bright young things, you know, with a spring in their step. Uh, well, when I when I came when I came to heart, did I yeah. take over from someone? Um, no, I think they they had Emma. Actually, I had to go over from Emma Bunton. Oh, did you? But not wow. not because she was. Uh, like not good enough. <laughs> Sent her off to a, to a home. Yeah, but ex Spice Girls. They were like, yeah, that Bunton. We got to get White House in. She's just a bigger name, more profiling. We just need to get a few more listeners in. Better you know. girl band. Better girl band. But she plays before me now, oh. and so she obviously wanted an earlier shift. So they got the old uh, knackered workhorse in oh, for this get on. So at ten pm, and uh, she does nineties at nine, yes. and it's. One of the most deeply nostalgic, wonderful moments. You know, when you can't hear the Rembrandts anymore. Yeah. I'll be there for you. It's literally the Friends album on yeah. repeat. Yeah. And every single song, just every single one, you're like, oh, that one reminds me of like a sticky club floor and snogging, <laughs> snogging Dean from Abbey National. Oh, that one. You know, where literally you're back in 90s. Anyone else uh, who snogged Dean from Abbey National will. Uh... We all did. Yeah. All oh, yeah. Did, um, did she play the Spice Girls? She does, which, you know, I find a brilliantly self-absorbed move because um, yeah. can you imagine, like, ah, now for this banger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't stop, never give up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think she's doing the moves as she's playing it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> she, she just seamless. like, I think that's the thing of all brilliant musicians, actors, anyone on stage, it's just to fully own it. Like that's, yeah. and I see it also on social media as well. Like the people you follow, the people who just go, water of duck's back, I'm here. And it's Emma Bunton going, yeah, yeah I'm great. Yeah. I'm brilliant. Uh, the, I mean, fuck those four bitches. <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> Elaine Page goes for a similar thing on Radio 2 with her, her show. She'll just yeah. play her tunes all the time. At least two or three per, per episode. I love that show. That was me again it... singing memory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> wipe the tear out of my eye I love it because it's so verging on satire that show isn't I know. it it's just, yeah. she's incredible <laughs> um, but how did you get into DJing in the first place because you did you come from written journalism at that point or yeah what was the the, the DJ the radio yeah to the mm. DJ before I um, pushed Emma Bunsen off her seat yeah. it's yeah. still warm um, <laughs> so I started out on Practical Caravan magazine that was my first Great. ever job in journalism uh, is it a, still going it is good and not just going it's thriving positively <laughs> thriving because actually you think about the pandemic like yeah. people got those tow bars out and uh <laughs> there's nothing quite like a motorhome in a pandemic that, no. that is probably the slogan from practical caravan now. there's just nothing quite yeah. like a motorhome in a pandemic i was the i was the tow bar expert so i had to go to caravanning shows and interview people on their tow bars and uh yeah i know quite a lot about the tow bar so I'm wow. say. are there many different types of tow bar different sizes different Seb, <laughs> how much home do you have <laughs> there's an infinite amount of tow bars um and i mean one, i think one must also question if there's ever an impractical caravan mm. you know like when they were brainstorming the name of that magazine yeah they were just I... like practical caravan yeah. <laughs> i think just remove the practical i'd love to see an impractical caravan just <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine what that would look like. We've the probably very, seen a few on the side of the road, you know. The very nature of a caravan just looks like, how, how does that thing even even have wheels and go along the road? But it does. The magic. Look at that shit heap. That's the front cover. It's someone's pride and joy. They, it's their, all their life savings went into that caravan. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I think, so, like, I started asking questions quite early on 
yeah. in my career. You weren't too. afraid of asking the big questions. The big questions about the big toe bars. <laughs> and uh, then I got promoted to Horticulture Week. Um, mm. And I used to basically go down to like various garden centres across the UK and I would interview like... I remember there's one interview, this guy called Frank. I was like, Frank, um, Sid up the road thinks your slug pellets are shit. What do you think? And he was like, he's a fucking bastard. <laughs> and I was literally like writing the lead story with one hand while I was interviewing him. And I was like, and you know, I kind of joke a little bit about it, but uh, it was, that was where uh, I got to talk to people. No PRs, no publicists, no yeah. nobody in between. You literally would go, right, okay, there's a story. There is a garden centre on fire. And I'm going to be the <laughs> reporter be there. there, you know, to spell fuchsia right, F-U-C-H-S-I-A. Yes. And um, <laughs> it was speaking to people, I think, that I really enjoyed. And actually, um, ironically, I'm now speaking at people. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I enjoy the two-way process. Uh, so, yeah, from there, I kind of just carried on from writing and eventually just, you know, piping up into your lug holes on a Sunday night on heart. Yeah, wonderful. A seamless That's journey good. from Tobar to... I'm still, I'm still trying to work out horticultural... Weekly? No. Week. Horticultural week. week. It's just one week a year you do, yeah. you do the work. <laughs> just one week. One really intense, uh, abundant yeah. week. All, all the journalists just trying to talk to Titchmarsh. <laughs> Will we speak to the gods? It's like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> he gives one interview yeah. and you've got it. <laughs> do you remember Sarah Raven I don't, yeah. from BBC Gardener's oh. World? Mm, she, I'm not sure. I might know she her was face. Quite a, do you think it. John Craven, I thought? But no, no, Sarah she, Raven. Sarah Raven. She was this really like Botticelli-esque kind of, um, a little bit like Nigella of the horticultural world. Yeah, uh, yeah. To those in the know. And um, she, I remember interviewing her. She was my first double page spread and she was all about homegrown. And she was just like, darling, even if you live in London, you can grow tomatoes, haricot vert from home. And I was like, great. I said, well, what did you have for dinner tonight? What could a Londoner eat? You know, she's like, oh, I, well, I had my tomatoes. And she used to say, tomatoes, the pomme de terre, a little bit of boeuf. And I was just like, where the hell did you get a bit of boeuf? I mean, I can't have like a cow out of my like veranda. But it was just that, that complete disconnect between horticulture in the country and uh, <laughs> yeah. in the UK. But yeah, I don't know how I got from that to heart, but... Uh... Would you say, I love it, by the way, especially when I'm driving and like a Sunday night, it's so, I link in my mind listening to heart with really late night drives back from theatres yeah. and just putting the music on and basically shout singing along yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah. Is this the music that you would have been naturally drawn to? Is, would you listen to stuff on your playlist like pop bangers? hundred percent. Yes. And it was such it was such a relief to acknowledge that and stop trying to be some Scandi yes. kind of like cool chick, which yeah. failed miserably every turn. I was just a bit like, yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just really, really into the chromatics. Uh, and actually I really fucking yes. love Bruno Mars. So yeah, you Bruno know. Mars, that's what I've written down in my book because he features so heavily on the playlist. Heavily. That's great. He's abundant, yeah. is Bruno Mars. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He and I think you know, and I love old Hazza, Harry Styles. Yeah. You oh, know. Yeah. yeah um, absolutely. You know, watermelon sugar high. That's great. What? Uh, did you hear you've play I've, played on that? I've played that with him on Jules Holland. What? <laughs> Why the hell are you interviewing me? Oh, well, you know, so, sometimes I talk to, to lowly uh, heart DJs sometimes. Um, yeah. Uh, just to fill the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, there's, there's not much live work going on these days. So we're trying to play so we're doing podcasting. Now, yeah, that was a really, that was one of the coolest things I did last year. Did a, did a little thing oh, yeah, with Harry Styles. And casual. What was he like? So lovely. Really friendly. Like we, we had, it was three trumpets doing this Watermelon Sugar song. And uh, we did a rehearsal for like a day. And then he turned up later in the day. And it was like, oh, Harry's, Harry's just got here. He, he really wants to meet you guys. And went, okay, cool. And then he came up and he shook her all hands and we, we chatted about football Aww. and stuff. And just, he's so lovely, really lovely guy. And I, do you I know, recommend Harry Styles. In uh, Watermelon Sugar High, the video, music video, yeah. uh, all the models came forward just saying that he asked uh, specifically if they gave consent to all the things they were doing. Oh, right. So I, I know, like, you know, in the music industry, it's a bit like, yeah, you're a model, so can you just snog Harry here? Can you do this? Can you touch yeah. his leg? And yeah. he would just go, are you comfortable with this? Oh, are you okay so with nice. that? And all these models came forward before the video launched and just said, he's the only person we've worked with you know we're in 2020 where yeah. you'd think there was yeah. more consent yeah um and he said he's the only person who's ever asked is this comfortable for you because we can oh. cut it if it's oh, not that's so, um, nice. so harry yeah. good harry stars oh my so good. and do you see these guys floating around the studio though like do you have lots of um there lots of the pop stars wandering in, the, the part, in and out of art. The, 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 the talent. The, ta- yeah. the, the talent. talent. Yeah, they ha- I mean, they come in and the entourage yeah. is oh, extraordinary. Yeah. I think that's the thing that has shocked me most mm. is uh, just when you've got like Kelly Clarkson coming in and there's yeah. like yeah. three hairdressers to makeup and you're on radio you know like yeah. I mean even Amanda Holden has her hair and makeup done every morning you know so wow. like, it's sort of like this is radio's become this big all-encompassing show yeah. mm. you know where it's on you quite a bit though aren't they because I've seen clips of you <laughs> so, I've seen clips of you <laughs> being filmed as you're recording. Is that right? Do you have? Yeah, they. So they take. Uh, yeah, so they, you know, and it all goes through social media, yeah. and it's all. So it comes to life more than it used to. Like one clip they clipped up of mine was that uh, my dad, uh, when I was working at Grazia, I'd get him some like aftershave and stuff and beauty cupboard that no one wanted, and I remember giving him P Diddy's scent, unforgivable. Mm. <laughs> My dad's like a 76-year-old solicitor in the Bucks countryside. And he um, uses this re- regularly, every day. He loves P. Diddy. He, he uses it sparingly. And I can just imagine my mum just hollering him, Chris, have you taken the bins out? And he'll be like, no, unforgivable. <laughs> and it is precisely what P. Diddy, I'm sure, had in mind when he was yeah. with his marketing team. You know, like, he's like... Chris Whitehouse down at the skip <laughs> with my son down in the crib <laughs> is where I was at. So anyway, things like where well, I mentioned that on the radio and then they'll pull that out and, you know, pop uh, it on, yeah, whack just, it on. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a, but to come back to what you're saying, they're just the people, the, the, the names they get in because hearts, the, I think it's the biggest commercial radio network. So yeah. they always get the big mm. interviews, you yeah. know, not necessarily on my show. We get one or two, but the the biggies, you know, on yeah. Heart Breakfast. And oh, it's course. amazing. Like, you know, all the, obviously all the Pussycat Dolls. and oh, yeah. yeah. And everyone's just, you know, nice. Are I think they? I was going to ask no, Yeah, there's not been, I, I don't obviously meet them all. I just am in a corner, just <laughs> swaying gently going, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work on Practical Caravan. <laughs> um, but, I think much like you were saying about Harry Styles, I think mm. that we want people to be 
something they're not often because it's like they have so much status and they have so much power and have so much money that you're like you want them to be bad and they're not they're all generally decent people with just a lot of people around them yeah who can be bad you know, I think that's, that's the, thing. the thing. And that's why coming back to Horticulture Week Practical Caravan, there was no people around the people yeah. you were trying to talk to. Mm. And that made it easier. And Are you operating the desk? Do you do desk operation? The Yeah, the desk op. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that, how you say it. Desk, desk <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I just yeah, said that. That. Desk <laughs> operation. Desk ops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. We we do the desk. Um, yeah, I didn't for the first few shows. Right. I didn't know what I was doing um, at all because I'd done the show with Ellie for yes. two years, but I was mm. the co-host, so she was driving the desk. Oh, okay. Right. So I was on the other side, just you know, guffing into a muff. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, that was great for two years. I was like, oh, I don't do anything, yeah. and then suddenly yeah. you're responsible for sound. Yeah. You're responsible for seamlessly getting from one sh- one song to another, yeah. which isn't that easy when it goes from like Shakira to Amy Winehouse, who is obviously no longer with us. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. how do you segue? Do you need to like? Th- I need to, to say something here, or or is it there's a set structure you kind of sit stick to? Or yeah, what? there's kind. Of, you have to. It's all about the music passion. Um, ah. A lot of music passion. Music passion. So what does that mean? So an emotional hook. So when you know, Verus your Seb's driving the car yeah. back from the Philharmonic Orchestra, mm. you know, or a Harry Styles, <laughs> like, wish. casual. Yes. Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Just back and forwards yeah. <laughs> from Harry Styles' boudoir. Um, <laughs> and you got to have a moment, like we were sort of talking about earlier, where you feel something in three words, and that's the hardest thing. I think people often listen to heart and just think, oh, it's just quite a, like, commercial, safe, easy, mm. feel-good radio. But actually saying less... <laughs> In getting a link in in 15 seconds where you've got two songs and you've got to make someone feel something. Yeah. Whether it's humor, whether it's uplift, whether it's um, connection with that song. Yeah. That's that's the skill. And I underestimated it hugely. Right. You know, I think I just thought, oh, it's just, you know, you say a few words and you chuck over to Harry Styles. And it's yeah. like, oh no, no, no. There's like this scary red counter and you're on air. And if you've fuck it up you know you're on air fucking it up and if you get one wrong word in there you know it takes you in a train of thought where you feel you have to fill it with something else and then you you've got to just stay like a steam train yeah carry on through and you see that clock like countdown that's what happens you have a clock you have a clock counting you down as you're talking and what I realized and I was terrible at first was that I couldn't adjust my pace so I would just be like rattling through and then I'd have five seconds left or I would be like really long it's like oh my god it carries it and I I just couldn't you know I didn't have the ear for it I was learning about music pace tone uh, intonation all at once whilst I was on air and that was I think the hardest bit because I think they'd been like, you've been on air two years, you'll be fine. I was yeah. like, no, this is a different kettle of fish. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm only just after a year doing it on my own, I think getting getting there. But mm. it was a massive, you know, I'd like to say learning curve. It was, you know, an uphill struggle for most yeah. of the year. Yeah, that's terrifying. It's amazing. But probably the, the best and quickest way to learn is like that, isn't it? The pressure of being like, I, the red light is on, like I've got to do it. Yeah. You can't really practice that at, at high You can't, no. You, did you practice any shows at all? Did you have like a pilot run like before you went live? Or? I So I, if I'm being really open, I uh, I had, I was quite, you know, we've talked about this. I had like postnatal depression when I was trying to get this job. And it yeah. was sort of like this point in my life where everything had built up to this job I wanted. And yeah. I think these things often present themselves when 
you sometimes aren't capable. Mm. And I was just not capable. I wasn't functioning. And this opportunity came up. They said, we want you to try out to do this. And uh, I, I failed at it four or five times. And it was at the last point where the guy who was training me up, he looked me in the eye and he said, I'll be honest with you, this is your last chance. Oh my God. And uh, I was sat there and I... I think I'd been trying to be so professional to that point and I just broke down. Like I could not, Mm. I couldn't breathe Mm. and I just lost it because I was like, it feels like everything is so close and yet so far away, you know? And uh, he, I think, saw a human for the first time and he said, do you know what we're going to do? And he said, you're not on heart, you're on shit FM. Uh, He said, I'm going to turn all the lights off and he said, we're going to sit here and we're just going to talk. And he gave me two or three points in my head. And he said, talk to me. His name's Martin Bruce. Uh, He's trained up some of the best presenters at heart. And I sat opposite him and he, I did a link on Rihanna. Can't even remember what it was. I think it was a book that she'd written about herself. It was incredibly indulgent. And I just said it as if I was saying it to you, Seb, or if I was saying it to Verity. And he took that and he took that to the board. And they let me on the show on that one demo. But the other four were awful oh god the pressure and i think it's it's those moments i think people underestimate i think sometimes that it can be either gone in a whisper or it can take somebody um to see beyond maybe somebody's pain and hurt and worry and stress to know that there is there somewhere Mm. and to know how to get it out of someone and that is i think he's a you know senior producer there that is the true talent isn't always the person on air it's the person behind the person on air We've talked a lot about performance anxiety and things. It's very similar with, with things that are going on in your life and, and it can, so many things can affect how you're performing and you know that you can do it, but there's so much else going on up here. And you're absolutely right. Somebody just unlocks something and you find a different way of, of handling it. I mean, I've been through it so many different times where there's been yeah. conflicting things going on in have you life. ever Have you ever not been able to perform? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had a, the worst happened at music college in my first year and I was just overwhelmed because I felt like I was behind everyone else in terms of ability. And I remember doing performance class and I literally couldn't get through the piece because I was shaking so much. And the worst thing is because you then, I don't know how it's for you. In fact, I was going to ask about this. Um, for me, because it was my hands, and I guess that's why shaking comes because I rely so much on the fact that, you know, if they're shaking, it's patently obvious with the cello. <laughs> yeah. um, that's where my anxiety would just go into my hands. And, and, and then I found ways around it and thankfully stuck with it. And it was, and I found ways to cope with that because it yeah. does come back randomly. Shaking does. But, you know, do you get, a, do you carry anxiety in your throat or voice for talking or? Yeah. I like, I, so I have this like, power stance I have to have like and it and I I have um like a sort of stress sniff before I go on I just go like and it's like I've done 10 lines of coke and I haven't you know and I'm just literally like sniffing and then I have to make sure that obviously I haven't, I'm not on air when I'm doing that because no one needs like whatever wherever <laughs> you know it's like no one needs that um so I have this like you know increasing stress and I think I've been told that everybody has a tick or something or something they have to go through to perform to get on air to say what they have to say and it eases as you become more comfortable mm. like you say it can come back um like so when you were on harry harry stars a show yeah like casual when <laughs> yeah, you were yeah. basically like you know lead singer with harry Styles, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sniffing him wildly yeah. <laughs> yeah. um did you feel nervous were you like 
this is just another day day in the office kind of thing or um i i no i didn't feel nervous for that one i i've just kind of learned how to deal with it over the mm. years you learn different things i don't know how to put those into words really if i, I could if i thought about them i could i could think of some uh, some methods really but no i remember that one i'm really really enjoying it and enjoying the experience because i'd never done jules holland before and it's just like it is on the telly and it's like everyone's it's a big room and everyone's kind of in their little space mm. so I, just, I remember looking out at one point and playing and noel gallagher's just sat on an amp just watching me play yeah and i mean he's, yeah. he's watching harry stars but yeah but i was like oh this is so cool yeah, and so yeah. i managed to like you know frame it in that way that that it's this is just a really cool experience and not let it not let the nerves get the best of you because mm-hmm. they, they really can and when i was when i was at college you know so maybe uh when would that have been like 15 years ago or so mm. doing performances um I, I would have times where i would get nervous and and I, i'd get sort of slightly shaky shaky yeah. hands and and that just sounds no good and then that puts mm. everyone everyone gets does it affect your lip at all or you yeah i think it does because yeah. you you do weird things with your breathing if you start breathing really shallow yeah exactly you can, your lip can weirdly just go which is like you, all your strength and stamina disappears yeah so you can't play anything um i've had definite moments of that which can't be very good when you're kissing someone either like no. imagine your lips just, <laughs> just nothing like <laughs> <laughs> the pressure on either yeah. side Jules Holland or just snogging someone off Tinder yeah, yeah, I know. Harry Harry yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. oh Harry um, but uh, no yeah, yeah. I've definitely had those moments but um, mm. I guess I've worked out ways of uh, dealing with it now so it, is, it is time isn't it it is the more you time do experience and, yeah. yeah building up I think those moments where it feels like almost molten gold is being poured into you yeah in, and it can be a fleeting second. It can be an entire show. Yeah. It, it's, it gives and it takes, yeah. but it fills your soul mm. like in a way that uh, I think often, you know, I think if you want to perform, if you feel, and often I think people perform from a place sometimes of pain, of mm. um, feeling like they weren't seen, or there's lots of reasons. Some people are just brilliantly obnoxious. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Not in that camp, but, you know, <laughs> you know I'm a professional show off. Um, but I think that whatever it is, whether it's something that's missing or you need to be heard or you need to be seen, the minute you either go on air or the curtain comes up or, you know, the cameras are rolling, something, however nervous you're feeling, lights up. And that is something that I think continues to build. And I think more of that that builds up the more light comes on, the less the nerves are there, yes. the less the lip gets yeah. floppy. Quite. Uh, and it, yeah. it's sort of that process. But that process is <clears throat> equally horrific and equally uplifting. And it's the most conflicting experience of my life. Mm. I love it, but I hate it at times. And that I think is, um, is hard when people go, you know, how, what's your, you know, how do you feel when you're on air? Like, like I'm going to throw up because you see, you walk into the studio and it says, this is a 9.5 million listener area. Oh, and you're yeah. like, Cheers. just don't need Thanks. that. Like, yeah. I don't need that. Like, <laughs> but my producer told me it was shit FM. Yeah, no, yeah. As what? Emma Bunsen walks out and you're like, Oh, yeah it's uh yeah uplifting and uh terrifying at the same time Mm. i think i've found maybe um getting less nervous i think it's learning who i am as a a player my limitations and what i'm good at yeah um i think when you really know yourself more and then like when i'm playing the trumpet i really i'm trying not to just play the notes i'm trying to say something with with what i'm doing so i find that if i'm doing that playing in that kind of way then i'm not 
not so nervous because yeah. I'm doing it in a way that only I can do it. I'm not I'm not trying to fit into any kind of mold. Yeah, exactly. So that might have been, I guess, like with your um, kind of audition you had for the job, like maybe that was where you kind of went to in your head. You was like, just be yourself and just see what came out. I think and maybe that really helps. I think that's the thing that we always make a mistake of, especially when you're younger. Mm. You feel you have to be someone else because you can see someone else's success. Yeah. And you can see what success looks like. Yeah. And you're like, oh, but that's my idol. Mm. Like, why am I not like Fern Cotton? Why can I not just do that? Yeah. Uh, and actually, when you, you're right, when you just realize you need to hone what you can do and fight for it, when people push back against it, mm. because I think that's yes. the other thing is that, you know, you'll have people who, yeah. you know, you look up to, who are your boss, who are your mentor, whatever, going, no, you need to do it more like this. And you have to go, no, I believe it's better like this and keep pushing on that path. Um, mm. Because I was told it had to be quite like light. And, you know, actually, I think during a pandemic, people don't need to have yeah. like jingly uplifting celebrity news they maybe need you to go i hope you're okay like yeah. it's tough yeah. at the moment yeah, and definitely. you know like harry styles might be in his mansion but he's going through the same things right now yeah. as we are and you know justin timberlake's just written a song called lonely yeah you know and it was the most utterly heartbreaking thing i've listened to in a long time i can't stand his songs i don't like his music usually <laughs> um other than when it's playing on heart and um <laughs> but I listened to that song and hear a celebrity just simply standing up and saying, I'm so lonely. Yeah. You know, that is uplifting still, yeah. you know, and connecting. And I think that was it. And that's what I fought for in terms of the show that I do now was yeah. it's got to be, it's got to be sometimes raunchy. It's got to be sometimes explicit at times. You know, we will talk about Poundland dildos. We will talk about the gender pay gap. We will talk about <laughs> postnatal depression. We will also talk about, you know, Harry Styles' vanilla scented candle and how that just does not sum up the man. Um, <laughs> and, you know, this range of topics. And I can tell those stories in 15 seconds. I was just going to say, that. get that all in 15 seconds. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> the, that's the bit. And yeah. they stuck with me on that. Yes. And my boss, you know, recently has just gone, you're the best storyteller we have at heart yeah. and that's I'm not looking to be the best presenter but he's like you're the best storyteller and that was the bit I was like I fought for that yes. in 15 seconds I fought to be myself there and yeah. I think that's what you've probably done in terms of your career that's what you've done you know yeah. when you're behind Sophie Ellis Baxter that- Historically, classical musicians in particular, not necessarily good at the social media side of things, not terribly good at promotion, not uh, self-promotion, but, you know, selling a brand, just not good. And I feel like you could maybe give us some words of wisdom (laughs) because you are truly a a genius on the social medias, aren't you? I don't don't know about that. Yes. No, I mean... uh... I mean, the old social media is a, she's a, a wily mistress. Yeah. Well, we've discussed this a lot with various people. And, but generally, the conversations we have are about how it's a, 
a sort of force of bad, haven't we? But yeah, negative- I think for us, like we're we're all in the low numbers. You know, we've got yeah. our friends, and so that, you're just bitter, and really. It's like, <laughs> well, that's just call, call us <laughs> yeah. made a spade. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yes, totally. um, I think for us, it's like it, it steals all our time. You know, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And attention and and all that kind of thing. That's what. Yeah. That's what kind of annoys us. But you've used it as a force for extreme good because of things like flex appeal, because of bringing to light things that you touched upon earlier, like discussing postnatal depression, discussing miscarriage, things that are really important to discuss, you know, and you've you've totally flipped that on its head. It's like something that you've used really positively. And certainly with flex appeal in particular, like that, you Instagram was a big area where you've yeah, I mean, I mean, Instagram, I mean, the whole social media thing, I think it's, have you seen The Social Dilemma? Yes. Oh, I have. Yeah. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago. And I think, you know, um, when I was watching The Social Dilemma, so the for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's no spoiler alert here. I mean, I think we're all aware of the ins and outs of social media in terms of what it does. But the bit that I found really interesting was uh, they said there are 20, 25 tech ops, essentially, who were uh, at the helm of all the big social media outlets who were pulling the strings of every human on this mm. earth who had a smartphone. Mm. And it was a very visual um, illustration. It was an illustration. <laughs> That is yeah. a visual thing. It was, <laughs> it was an illustration of uh, just hands puppeteering humans. Mm. And the point that really hit home for me over is it good or bad was they were like, you don't uh, question how many more bikes there are on the road. You're like, oh, that's good. If there's more bikes on the road, you're like, that's a good thing. Better for the environment, you know, better for people's exercise. But you tend to look around and see people looking down instead of up mm. more. Mm. And that isn't good so I think in that sense it's not a force for good but I think it can do a lot of good yeah and I get quite protective of the social media landscape simply because people who didn't have a voice before have a voice yes and that's what it's facilitated you know I think for all of uh, the negativity and the comparison complexes and you know the advertising and the kind of ugly bit of it all uh, at the heart of it it is a place for specifically from my side women who were pushed out of the workforce for simply having a baby yeah I would not be working at heart right now if I hadn't stood up and said I can't do this anymore I have a baby I have another one on the way and uh, my job has refused my flexible working request and I don't think it's me that's broken here I don't think it's me that should back down I think the system's broken and I had a space to say that and that's where social media for me took off because I stopped posting about avocado toast and um, pugs. And (laughs) I just went, you know what, I'm just done. And I remember that moment of just getting back from nursery and I was 12 minutes late for nursery pickup. And I was charged a pound a minute after six. And I was sat on one of those tiny primary colored chairs and told off. Uh, and they weren't meaning it in a bad way, you know, because they had a job to do. They're in this system, you mm. know, her, her key workers, not that none of them were bad people. They were just part of this problem. Yeah. And that was when I snapped because I just remember thinking, this isn't my fault. This isn't my kid's fault. And why is the onus on me as a woman? And yeah. so I remember just posting, I quit today because I don't think the working world is set up for people with caring responsibilities um and that was when i started googling flexible working and why across all industry including the industry you're in music industry tv industry you look at it five years ago before social media was here tv presenters had babies no they were just like 
shoved out yeah. the side. Mm. Totally. If you were in an orchestra, it was like, oh God, she's got a baby. It's the end of your career. Yeah. Like yeah. raising the next generation was seen as a really negative thing. And yeah. so when I pressed that button, something exploded. I think just knowing that I can't raise my two girls... You can't raise your two boys. Mm. Sorry, you've got... Yeah? Yeah, I was like, I've got it. You're one girl. One girl, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, doing the math. We can't raise our kids, you know, to work hard in the ABCs, to work hard in the GCSEs, to work hard in the A-levels, perhaps, to go and chase the career they want, to have somebody shut the door in their face and go, you've worked all that way, but you know what? You've had a baby, so just close the door on those dreams uh yeah that was the bit that I was like okay I can deal with it for me fine my career can go I cannot raise them to the same situation I got to and that was really where I lost it and it was not just for my girls it was for the fact that when my husband tried to push to get his flexible working request in that was pushed back even more Mm. it was sort of like well can't your missus do that sort of thing yeah and I've heard from so many dads who've said that who've said their boss has just gone, can't your missus do that? Can't your wife do that? And then yeah. one guy was like, well, she's a brain surgeon. So, you know, you pick a lane. Do you want me to <laughs> kind of do the recruitment consultancy here? Or do you want her to just save someone's brain over there? You you, yeah. you choose. And it's, you know, all this unconscious bias that sits yeah. there. And so coming back to your point, social media let me say, I'm pissed off. I'm angry. I can't raise my girls yeah. uh, for the same fall. I had and from that point onwards I was then able to pull back claw back through blood sweat and tears a career that I had been taken from me so in that sense and I'm not alone it's good but you know you you know I feel like like with the social dilemma Mm. that the industry around it isn't protecting the people within it and that's where my issue with it lies like I think got to the point where I was like no I'm done with conforming Mm. and having to be a certain way to like I was saying about becoming a presenter yeah no just be yourself I'm an empath I'm emotional I have always talked about my feelings just continue with that don't fit into someone else's mold um and I think when I started campaigning for flexible working we just did flash mobs in town centers uh you know singing salt and peppers let's talk about sex baby let's talk about (laughs) flex baby when you're on the paye let's talk about all the good things and the bad things of productivity let's talk about flex just you know a little uh, oh remembering that was, that was a delight that was lovely, that was great. lovely. thanks so you know uh, so that's yeah that's where it started really yeah have you got any advice on so for example somebody who's left music college uh they want to promote them their brand their what they do a bit more have you got any useful advice on how 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 to to go about it basically um I think be human I think you know it's called social media for a reason I think people suddenly start seeing it as something separate to themselves and that can be helpful if it's a business you know I've had to start dividing it off a bit because Mm. it's too big for a human to sort of be out there all the time so now I've made it very like corporate in a way and it's it's still colorful but there's a there's a separation there but I think if you're coming into it you you know I think you hear this from actors a lot musicians who have massive social media followings and suddenly get work off it you know and there's a lot of frustration around that but actually we've all got the same tools 
Yeah. You know, and actually there doesn't need to be any pompousness towards it. No. Don't look at it as in it's a small thing. It's basically a free marketing tool for you and your career if you want it, if you if you choose to take it on. Um, and I think that's where there's a lot of frustration within journalism is that all oh, these suddenly these, you know, people want to berate the influencer when actually even Matt Haig, Matt Haig and I had a massive argument because he was going on about um, influencers being the bane of all evil and he's not an influence. And I just messaged him and commented when I was in the depths of postnatal depression, so it wasn't really the best time to be commenting. But I just remember saying, um, you're an influencer. Anybody who has a voice is an influencer. You're a good influencer. You're great. You say brilliant things. I love your books. You're wonderful. But don't be pompous towards a lot of women. It's a majority of women who are pushed out of the workforce, who are using social media for their businesses. Don't sweep them off the table. Mm. You know, it's, it's not, I don't think, I think social media gets a bad rep. But I think, you know, if you can wield it to your advantage, it can be so useful to you. Yeah. And the things that you can do, I think the most important thing is to before you even download the app is to think what are your three points what are your three main reasons for being there what are those points you need to hit in every post and uh for me it was to be human to be humorous and to be colorful those were the three yeah and I, everything I put up, like it's a miniature magazine, has to hit those things. So there's consistency. Yeah. And yeah, people might hate me. People might hate it, you know, but that's life. And it would be so creepy if everyone's just fawning over you yeah. 24-7. Mm. Like, yeah. um, I find the uh, negative comments as hard as the, you're brave, you're legendary, you're this. Because ultimately, you just, uh, most of us in everyday life are walking down a street with no one saying anything at all. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's like you don't get people go, oh my God, Verity, you're amazing. <laughs> I mean, because you got out of the house, you got yeah. your shoes on. Oh my God. <laughs> all going, oh my God, what are you wearing? You, you, don't, you don't get that narrative. You get the, I'm just tired, I'm just getting on my day. Yeah. And so it's very inhuman, the responses often, yeah. and I think you have to be prepared for that. But I think if you can harness it yeah. um, and actually not see it as a sort of frivolous, like a bit of frippery on the side, yeah. it can totally change your life. Yeah. And there is, uh, and it has its pitfalls, uh, and that's the only thing I will say. Yeah. But um, yeah, it has definitely changed mine. Yeah, yeah. And how do you find a good balance when you're at home and you're with your kids, but you need to do a bit of social media thing? <laughs> I don't know how the phrase is, what the word is. But how, how do you do it? Do you, do you kind of set aside like a few minutes every, well, I don't know, every hour or something to, to reply to people? Or, or do, do, you, do you do like a couple of hours a day? Or how do you divide up your day like that? So I think when I, you know, and I'm still not quite out of it, but when I was really not feeling well, um, I would use it in a very unhealthy way. It was almost like an addiction. Uh, It was like a tick. Mm. And it was like the more dopamine hits I got, the better I felt about my life. And it was, you know, not far, not to draw parallels, but it was probably not far off sort of using drugs in a way. Mm. And I was using it in a very negative way. And so the point came, the crushing low was when my daughter just said, sometimes uh, I think you don't like me when you're on your phone. And she was four at the time and it was just a real, it was like looking in the mirror, you know, suddenly Mm. uh, as to what was going on, that I was in this, I was being controlled, I wasn't in control. And I think talking about the pitfalls, you know, I think that's where it can get because who doesn't want to 
be told when you're feeling the worst you've ever felt, if you're feeling depressed or anxious or down, and you have thousands of people going, you're a legend, you're brave, you're this, you're like... Yeah. Yeah, more of that. <laughs> yeah. More of that, please. <laughs> I feel really horrible right now. And yeah. So it's this vicious, vicious circle. But then one comment can come in that is vicious, that is vitriolic, that can then push you right the way down to the mm. point where your child is questioning whether you like them because you're in the same room as them and 250,000 strangers. And yeah. that's that's the... I think that's the downfall of it. Mm. Um, but in terms of what you say, my husband has helped me get bands because he saw it was an issue and it yeah. was a problem. And so my phone goes off at 6 p.m. as soon as I get in the house. It doesn't go on until 9 a.m. the next morning. Sometimes that shifts by like 15 minutes either way if there's things I have to post or whatever. But And it's changed our lives, you know, whereas before we were both just sat staring at our phones whilst watching Shit's Creek. (laughs) (laughs) That was our life going, is this how we're going to (laughs) die? You know, when you're like, is this it? You wouldn't even notice the other one died for about 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh, he's died. Oh, gosh, he's gone. And he didn't freaking get me milk. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He'll never know what happened at the end of Shit's Creek. Yeah, exactly. Only on season three. (laughs) Till death does part. Love it. So, yeah, I think that's it. That's great. So you you just turn it off and then you just don't turn it on. You avoid that. And I have it as a work day. You know, like I, uh, we had to get an office space to do the work. Because we realise that actually, as you probably realise when you start using it more, it's mm. not a frivolous extra. It's not a silly little thing that takes... You think in your mind it will take two minutes. But actually, when you put that post up to promote mm. this podcast, yeah. you watch it. Yeah, You course. check it. You're oh. like, oh God, who's that? <laughs> oh my God, this week we spent we so think, much time doing yeah. social media stuff. We had um, we had uh, Rob Bryden was on our episode. This uh, came out yes Monday. Yeah. So we spent ages just like getting it right and doing a, a video with a waveform thing, putting all the subtitles in and yeah. all that, and then sorting out like promotion for it just to get it seen. And yeah. we spent, I spent days yeah. And obsessively week. checking. Yeah. I, I am obsessively checking this week. Yeah. You I've just keep in, refreshing that screen. Yeah. Like a, yes. it's like a tick and that, yeah. that is the addiction. Yeah. yeah. And it's because, but you've got to also not self-flagellate. Because actually all you want is it to do well, to reach people because yeah. it's something you love. Yeah, that's true. It's not yeah. a, a negative thing. It's no. like, hey, I want this to fly. I want people to hear Rob Ryden. I want yeah. to, yeah. you know, I just, and it's not even a self-absorbed <clears throat> thing, which I think, again, gets a lot of flack uh, in terms of social media. Yeah. Um, it's not about self-absorption. It's not about what do I want? It's like, I have some things I want to say and I think they might resonate with other people. Yeah. And here's Rob Ryden. He's great and you know the pandemic's really rubbish right now and this could actually make you know your evening a little bit better and that I think is something to keep at your heart but do recognize that it's a job you know what you need to use is reels have you started using reels no oh yeah what is that I've seen okay so this is the new thing that you guys have to get on okay right Instagram is pushing reels at the moment to try and beat TikTok okay this is insider knowledge yeah okay yeah so you know and it's not hard to do so if you've got a clip of you and rob Ryden, for example yeah just go to reels on instagram it will go far 
it would go much further than anything else at the moment okay ah. so and it's not hard to do it's like doing a post but it's okay. just a bit more sort of animated content basically yes because Co- content is king okay um <laughs> so uh, yeah that's a little uh, tip from uh like I say, tip from the, the top, tip from the, you know the circle. Yeah, wow. <laughs> like it's all sitting there. What is a real? Is it like a kind of? It's like TikTok. Oh, I, yeah, I, I'm on TikTok. Should I get on TikTok? No, don't get on TikTok because that's. I think it's like run by really bad people. Um, oh, right. Yeah, oh. I think it's it's about to be closed. Um, oh really? Yeah, wow. TikTok's bad, but Reels um, is a new. It's just a new feature on Instagram, basically. Hmm. So you know, if you have a video or any video that you can use, you can match it to music. So coming back to music. Yeah. So I I can show you. Oh, good. Please, yeah, please. do. Okay. Actually, summing up two big points of um, this podcast that we've been speaking. Oh, this is about. excellent. This so, for good. example, like um, I did a reel, yes. which is about uh, the point was um, how you feel when somebody calls you a lady of leisure when mm. you're on maternity leave. Right. <laughs> so you, you Seb, I think will understand. Like it's yeah. not. No. Le- it's not leisure time. No, it's not. No, okay. no. It's not leisure it's not. time. <laughs> so you can use the Spice Girls. Some. Very good. That's all you have to do. That's it. That's great. And you can choose the like song it. you want. Stop right now, Emma, Bu- Emma Bunton. I love it that we've reeled back to Emma Bunton. Emma Bunton is, is always there. And... Um, you can just do oh, yeah it's the twitchy eye yeah it's the twitchy eye let's say just when yeah so you can do anything you want but that's and that go goes further, further. people can see moment. that at the moment. yeah yes yeah. so if you're going to promote stuff oh. this is good and if you're this an aspiring musician yes. get on reels don't be scared yes. of the new stuff mm. like pioneer it get ahead of it no this is it this is it and yeah. i definitely personally feel that i'm always behind the curve when it comes to just google like reels yeah. And there is there are idiots, guys. I literally didn't know what it was until last week. And I okay. this is my new career is Google. I just Google <laughs> like how did you get to where you're at? I Googled. I Google it all. And everyone's like, oh my God, how are you such a social media pioneer? I Googled. <laughs> and then I worked it out and then I made loads of mistakes and then <clears throat> and then suddenly it just flies. Uh yes. and yeah, and that's the moment where you're like, I worked this out on my own. It cost me no money. You know, and yeah. I did it in my kitchen in between dropping my kids off in the morning and managed to say something I wanted to say and social media gave me a place to do it. So I think, yes. you know, anyone can do that, whether you're an aspiring musician or if you're Rob Bryden, I'm definitely interested in hearing about him. Yeah. Yeah. Was he amazing? Oh, yeah, amazing. Oh, yeah. he was such a delight, so wasn't lovely. he? He's yeah. on my dinner party guest list. Oh, he'd be oh, excellent, would he? Oh, God, he'd be so he? good. Yeah. He's yeah. got so many great stories, and but in such a nice, unassuming manner. So, yeah. Y- yeah, have him to your dinner party. So can we just have a little moment for just like, yeah, so it was that, like with Harry Styles <laughs> last year and Rob oh, Bri- Bryden, Bridie. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I must say they are the two most famous people that I know and have worked <laughs> <laughs> That's great, and we totally well. We haven't got to Styles yet, have we? But you know, oh, we haven't got Styles yeah. on the podcast. But um, who was yeah. it? Who Suzanne Shaw used to go out with? Um, Darren, Day. Uh, Darren, Darren Day. Day. So I was in Cafe de Paris in like I think it was like 2001. It would have been just after the millennium. Remember that? God, I think this is like is this 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ! Mm, yeah. Yes, I know. Okay, <laughs> and I remember Darren Day and Suzanne Shaw, and then Suzanne Shaw left. And I was interning at Heat magazine at the time. Yeah. 
<laughs> heady heights. Obviously, yeah. was just about to get my first gig on Practical Caravan. And um, <laughs> I remember Darren Day, and I remember, you know, he was in the news a lot. He was a celebrity. He was like this big name at the time. And I remember yeah. being on Heat magazine going, oh my God, this is Darren Day. You know, <laughs> like big news. And he was in this VIP lounge on his own because Suzanne had left. And he beckoned over a couple of us. And like there were four of us who were interning for Heat. And then there was the features director, whatever. And we sort of went over. And I had no realization of how insecure celebrities often are. Like we were saying about whether the, you know, people who come into heart are good or bad. They're not in any way mm. obnoxious or horrible, but you can <clears throat> see often an insecurity. And I have it myself, you know, so I'm not saying it about other people. Mm. And um, he sat us down and he was just like, um, so you know, like all the stuff you write in heat about Suzanne and I, like, do you what do you do you think do you think like we should be together? And I'm like, Oh my oh, gosh. Wow. I, I just remember thinking, I don't know whether the intern at Heat is, should be your relationship counselor, but I am so hammered on cheap Prosecco. I am going to give you my five cents. Uh, so I was just like, you know what, Darren? <laughs> so, you know what? I just think, I think she's a lovely girl. <laughs> but it was just, I think it's also that sense of, like you're saying with Rob, like you're saying with Harry, that it feels inaccessible. Yeah. Like, why would you be able to talk to someone? Actually, Justin Timberlake is singing right now about how lonely he is. Yeah. He is so lonely. Yeah. And you listen to the lyrics and it's heartbreaking. He said, you all watched me break. Yeah. You all watched on the yeah. sidelines. And Darren Day sat there asking an intern about his relationship because yeah. where are his friends? Yeah. You know, like he's always, mm. he was on the tour. He was touring. He was always on stage performing. But when the lights go down, that's the point where you do realise there's a human yeah. and they are often lonely and it's a lonely gig yeah. uh, a lot of the time. And I think yeah. that's where what has interested me about what you do mm. is you do work as a team. You found each other playing together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and I think there is like something quite magical about that, yeah. but often it gets cut off, you know, because you do tours, you do shows and suddenly there's a finite amount of time that you're working as a team. Well, um, so that we were talking about that with shows, you know, I was, I, I can't remember who we were, maybe Jesse, I can't remember, but we were saying about that thing of when you get into, certainly with musicals and when they're on a, a certain time length. So the, all the ones I've done haven't been, they've had their certain number of weeks that they're going to do. Yeah. Um, and you really throw yourself into it and you're so absorbed. And I love it. It's such a community and like it becomes like a family. And I, hundred percent every time I say to myself, I'm going to hold a bit back and I never do. I just love it. I throw <laughs> myself into it and then I'm bereft at the end of it. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Do you I, feel, how do you feel? Yeah, like? yeah always the same. Yeah. 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 yeah, I've never done a, a, a long running with no end date no. on those shows. No, it's always been okay. We've got what four four months. Yes, you go for it, don't you? Yeah, yeah, it's great. I felt that like when I was Spirit Three in Macbeth. Um, <laughs> like yes. I had the exact same feeling yes. as you must have had. Yeah, uh, Spirit like, Three. Yeah, I was such that's a good a cog. <laughs> An I mean, integral cog in that. The, I was the theatrical cog. <laughs> I even remember my line, Macbeth, Macbeth, beware Macduff, beware the Thane of Fife, dismiss me enough. Wow, that's, that's yeah. a massive line. It's, that's, that's it's a big a, line, yeah. It shadows yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, and you it know, totally does. exactly. But you do, you're right, there's camaraderie. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that's it, is yeah. that, you know, you you think, you just think the celebrity is on a pedestal. And yeah. I think it's the same in coming back to social media. Yeah. You think the person with followers 
is on a pedestal. And it's like, no, that's just a human who pressed some buttons, stepped in a certain direction, mm. continued in a certain way, sang a certain mm. way, mm. said words into a mic a certain way. Yeah. It's a human. It's a human. Yes. And see them as humans, I yeah. think, often. Uh, mm. And broken humans, as Justin Timberlake is mm. saying. Yeah. And also, can we just have a moment for the dynamic of followers and influencer? Like, I don't follow anyone. You know, I, translate it to real life. I don't follow anyone. I'm not following you around going, oh my no. God, Verity, I'm just waiting to hear what you have to say. Oh. I'm not following you, Disappointed. Like, no, I'm no. just <laughs> like, you know, I don't have night vision goggles on, heavy yeah. breathing at night going, I am just waiting for the next thing. You know, it's an audience. It's readers and listeners. It's not a follower. And I think mm. that there's so much mm. in terms of the language yeah. that is used around this app uh, yeah. around social media that often I think gives it that negativity and often mm. gives it that disconnection in this world of instant connection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah. Can, you can see where some very famous people, they definitely, you can see it's them using Twitter themselves and they do it really well. Yeah. And there's some way you, you're like, they've got a team doing that. It's quite obvious isn't it? I think. Well, it's like James Blunt. His career was yeah. nosediving. He's brilliant, isn't he? And he's now writing a book about just basically taking people on and just mm. go. <laughs> and it was all came from, again, him being human. So you saw his songs and it was all a bit like, oh, it's a bit wishy-washy. Mm. It's fine. Yeah. My mum likes it. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly you see this powerhouse on Twitter who was a human that wasn't allowed to almost exist in the musical sphere because he'd been like, I don't know, siphoned off and put in a box by the music industry almost. Yeah. And then by the people who listen to his yeah. music. And suddenly you see this guy, he's punchy and funny and brilliant. And you're like, oh, that's not the shades blunt I knew. <laughs> yes. And you're right, you can. And coming back to, you know, not just wielding it to your advantage, but being human yeah. and pushing back against your critics who had basically, people had sectioned him off and yeah. swept him off the table. Yeah. That's really true. I don't think they se sectioned is the wrong word. <laughs> it's, like in, it's like in Peep Show when they try and section each other. I'm going to section you first. He's What's fine. He <laughs> we better for legal reasons. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you talked about earlier about um, working with Matt, your husband. Oh, yeah. And we were saying about how do you cut off from the social media element when you're at home with your family. But, oh, my God, how do you manage... To go to work together, I, I sort of understand this because Rob and I play in a quartet together, but it's very much broken up. It'll be one day here and then a break and then another day. How do you come into work and then go home and then not still have that vibe? <laughs> I don't know. And um, oh, I don't know, to be honest. Like, uh, Well, we wrote that book, Where's My Happy Ending? I love that um, book. It's great. <laughs> Is it's it? so good. I really it's love it. Always a little bit weird when you've written a chapter on sex and a chapter on porn and then <laughs> your friends at the school game. I'm just <laughs> yeah. You're like... Yeah, I know because oh. we all went to the we all went to your launch party, yeah. and then and we've all bought the book and we've all read it. And then is that weird when you're like, oh my god, they oh, know that about they me? They know, the, <laughs> yeah, they know Matt's porn habits, um, <laughs> and he's just trying to be a dad at the school gates. Yeah, hi. <laughs> yeah, um, Asian Babes Five was only a phase. Um, yeah, it's uh, and I, but I think you know we, we feel very strongly about. 
being honest about relationships, you know, yeah. I think you've just got a new baby. Yeah. And I think we're all sold this kind of lie in a way. Uh, and um, the reason Matt and I stay together through working together is because we've always, we've both been journalists right from the start. And um, we both wrote, whether it was about caravans, he worked uh, for HR magazine when I met him. Uh, and that was, I remember just thinking, he is a big wig. Like, <laughs> you know, when it's like, oh, he's not on something like caravanning or horticultural. He's on HR. Um, and he was, um, I think he was put forward for the HR writer of the year. He didn't get it, but what? he was put forward for that. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So that was when I wow. first met him. And um, he's big He's big news. Um, <laughs> and I think it's, again, the honesty. Everything we write and everything we do, we always think our children are going to read this. Mm. And I think that is, um, for a writer who writes about their lies, quite a conflicting experience at times. But we have that in our office, always in our mind. And actually... We often are just thinking we want them to have the tools that we potentially didn't have because the generation we grew up in didn't talk about feelings. Men didn't cry or weren't allowed to cry. Mm. Um, and the use of porn is an issue, you know, for yeah. young boys. And why are we not talking about this and not being offended by it or ashamed by it? And go, it's fine. But, you know, it needs, it can't be a head in the sand approach, you know, yeah. and actually recognizing that these things are happening. And I think it was, it's always just been like, are we charting a path through our words or whatever we say that is trying to put on the table experience we've had and honesty around whether it's parenting, life. And I think, like I said, um, at the event you came to, the of all the interviews we did, and we did hundreds of interviews for that book, trying to find the key to unlocking that happy ending, um, sexual and otherwise. And um, it was that fisherman, Derek West, he's like 97-year-old fisherman, who um, simply just said, you can't put the pressure on one person. And it was such a game changer. He said, you know, when I'm out at sea, um, he said, I'm not looking to my wife to save me. I'm looking to the young lads on the boat near me to haul me back on board. Uh, he said, I often, when I feel down, I go to the corner shop and pick up milk and Sonia's there. We have a little chat. And he said, Norman next door, he'll always like, you know, feed the cats if we're on holiday and we have a nice yeah. chat. And he said, I spread my net really wide. And he said, with tying into social media with social media we're becoming so insular mm. our nets aren't as wide our community nets aren't being slung out there we're all just mm. looking down and facing down and within our four walls and our worlds are getting smaller and smaller that we're relying on one person yeah. and that person he said and he looked me in the eye and he held my hand he said that person will eventually break yeah. They can't take it all. Yeah. And uh, that was the biggest shift uh, in our relationship was he's not, you know, my one and only. We might not be together forever. We have to acknowledge that. Yeah. We're not buying into this Disney narrative, this Disney dream. We want to be together today mm. and not take the rest for granted. And that was uh, a real shift. Yeah. And it takes the pressure right off, doesn't yeah. it? We breathed for the first yeah. time because I was like, you know what? We also, in terms of gender equality, we are at a point in our lives where I earn the same as Matt. Mm. 
Mm. I'm not financially tied to him. Yeah. I choose to be with him. Yeah. And that is a real generational shift. There's a difference. And I'm exactly. choosing to be with him. And yeah. sometimes I'm choosing to sort of walk out of the house and go and get milk and cry a little bit. Yeah. Um, sometimes <laughs> I choose that. Um, but most of the time I choose to be with him. He's a brilliant soul. He's a wonderful man. And there might be a point where we choose not to be with each other, mm. but there is choice. And that is a huge luxury when you look at that against a backdrop of the last well forever yeah um yeah so we are in a position to be with the person today that we love um and it was yeah like I said for all the psychotherapists and romance novelists that we interviewed it was (laughs) a elderly fisherman in Whitstable who had the (laughs) answer to uh how to find that happy ending, you know? And I think that is also another thing. I don't think you face that in your relationship, but the amount mm. of time you spend on social media, the yeah. amount that you put yourself out there, mm. you have to have quite an understanding partner to talk about miscarriage, for example. Yeah. Like that's a yeah. very private thing. And I think it took Matt two years to process what we'd gone through. Mm. And then he wrote the most phenomenal blog post I think I've ever read from anyone about the male perspective of miscarriage. Mm. And um, it was just simply, and his last line, I was just sobbing because he had not managed to articulate to me the pain he'd been through face to face, but he could through words and he Mm. could through this app, he could through really sharing it with other people. And Mm. I think often I will tell you the final line in a bit but often the um misconception and I think the complexity of social media is people think you are showing off or they think you are attention seeking when actually you think of uh, perhaps a funeral people gather together to share mm. their trauma they gather together to share their pain it's a community feeling you get through things by sharing things with other people and that is a human that is intrinsic to human beings yeah. and it's not attention seeking it's not trying to you know beat the algorithm it's nothing like that it's simply going here's my trauma it hurt me in this way and the like we were saying earlier about when you um play with harry styles or when <laughs> you're with sophie ellis baxter when you know i'm trying to sell harry styles on the radio um you sell get- sophie as well she's great <laughs> Got lots of good new album out. She's great. She's great. Sophie's great. (laughs) But you get filled with like this warmth. I think when you stand up and say what you want to say or play what you want to play and you get filled with warmth, even if you're going through something quite devastating by sharing that pain with others. Mm. And his final line on his blog post was simply, don't let trying prevent you from living. And it was just a simple line in anyone trying to have a child and you've lost a child or you're struggling to have a child that actually you can get consumed by trying to make life, that you can stop living your own. And in that one sentence, he explained to me after two years of berating him for not feeling enough, you know, because he was a man and he he didn't have an ability to translate his pain to me but he could through that those Mm. words and I thought that's true and every single man we've heard from and there have been thousands have said just thank you for writing that because I could send that to my wife or my partner and say this is what I'm feeling and it gave a roadmap 
almost to other people. And I think that's the power of words, the power of music. Mm. It's the power of communication. And it's why I get frustrated by people swiping the arts off the table. Mm. Mm. Think of the pandemic without the arts. Mm. Think of the pandemic just on a basic level without Netflix. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. It's not, think of an elderly pensioner. We often get told this at heart. Think of an elderly pensioner who doesn't see anyone at the moment in the pandemic who's was self-isolating and you're the only voice they hear on the radio Mm. yeah think beyond it being a fluffy extra a you know lovely nice to have a bonus ball it's not it's integral to society it's the opposite of a funeral is we enjoy things together en masse and that is you know humanity is us being together as much as sharing your trauma is at a funeral um we don't need to do these things on our own and i think that's the bit that i get so frustrated about is that i think we have lost somewhere whether it's to do with social media or the way the world's moving we've lost that connection with neighbors community looking outside of that pixelated screen yeah Mm. absolutely that was quite deep. Anyway, it was. Um, it's really deep. It's I, don't, like, I feel like Dawson's wanna, Creek music needs to come. Yeah. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. Do you want to have the worst segue in the world? Then? Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm in. So tell me your story about H from Steps. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh my God. So I was at V Festival uh, back in the day. Already, I know this is not going to go well. I know V Festival. That's you know, my being, local festival because I'm from South End. So the Chelmsford, yeah. yeah, it was the Chelmsford one. I've got yeah. um, VIP tickets. It's ah. the kind of stuff that Practical Caravan would um, wheel out. What, what year are we talking? <laughs> I might have been there. Talking. I was just back from travelling the world like every other <laughs> teenager at that time. Um, this was, would have been 2002. That was my first one I ever went to. Oh, my God. Yeah. Coldplay were... were no, no, Stereophonics. Stereophonics, so, yeah. 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 <laughs> We've probably snogged. <laughs> I was only 15, yeah, but, but yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah, you know, sparks might have flown. I don't know. A lot of things happened that weekend. <laughs> don't remember yeah, but much it. gone a bit funny. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so H from Steps was there with Claire and Faye. Yeah. Uh, the team, the squad. Yeah. <laughs> And this is when I just finished my interning at Heat. That's how I sort of got the tickets there. And um, I was numb, you know, like genuinely like you can't feel your lips. And I just thought, I remember just thinking, I've got no job. I've got no fucking money. I've got nothing. (laughs) I feel like I could just give it a go. (laughs) And I... I don't know uh, H and Step's sexual orientation, but it definitely wasn't directed towards me. Um, and I went over to him and uh, was sloshing my pint, you know, was just like, did the just standard, awkward, you're the best person? You know, like, you're the best musician in Steps. Like, and he, he's obviously not. Like, it's got to be, it's got to be Claire all the way. Um but I just... Oh, yeah, close, great. She's yeah, really good. I mean, you know, I was yeah. just pandering to the man in front of me. <laughs> yeah. And he just... It was just that, you know, when someone um, is furtively looking over your shoulder, like nervously? Yeah. <laughs> it was that for it 10 minutes, that. basically. And I just remember thinking it's a shoe-in, like, absolutely. Because I was... It was back into the noughties, you know, yeah. when, you know, it was all boob tubes and, like, top shop, like dresses and foam I was wearing foam platforms oh yes there are foam <laughs> platforms yeah and I and I and I remember just thinking I was really edgy because I had still had my tape player 
because I was like, I'm not going to go with the times. I've always had like an album. I've always had a record player. I've always stuck to like old school. Yeah. I've just been like, but just trying to be cool, but obviously failing massively. And I remember I had now 23 on my tape player. Yeah. And I was just like, you've got to listen to this. And it was um, Tetris as a club anthem. Amazing. And that was my in. And I was just like, you've got to listen to this. And he was obviously feeling quite cornered, probably. There definitely wasn't any consent. And um, I just remember putting my headphones on him. I was like, you've got to listen to this. It's amazing. Um, can you imagine Tetris as a club anthem? And it was, it was Mario, Super Mario just doing his thing. And he, he, and all I remember is him just walking away, just handing me the headphones. <laughs> and uh, that was it, really. So, you know... In my mind, I remember just thinking, I remember saying to my friend Becky, I was like, I'm, I'm going to try and have a go on that. <laughs> Absolutely didn't happen. Amazing. What no, a, what didn't a technique happen. to try and woo, woo H. I mean, uh, yeah. To, I, I love that you brought a cassette player to a music festival. <laughs> just I, in case I need something to listen to. Yeah. Notoriously, yeah, not much music going yeah. on. <laughs> I had a little rucksack with just things that could make me look cooler. Because um, I had, I was the kid that had a head brace at school, you know, like yeah. a lisp. Hello, guys. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy snog. <laughs> so, you know, I had a few things in my arsenal. Yeah, um, yeah. But it didn't, didn't work. So, H from Steps, if you are listening. Wow. Still he, here. He went Press. on to do a musical theatre course at the Royal Academy yes. of Music. Yes. Yeah. He, so I got, yeah, I have some friends that were like, oh, yeah, H from Steps. He was just knocking around the corridors, singing his Sondheim. Like, Practicing is bringing him home. I don't know what kind of I'm wondering what characters he'd be. Yeah. He could maybe have done a Marius as a younger man. Yeah. I'd say. I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, we should just dedicate a whole episode to him. Please yeah. don't get him on the podcast so he gives his version of the story. <laughs> well, the psychopath. <laughs> I tell you what, you've given us a. <laughs> it would just be like, angle now. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> The trauma. They're just the trauma. I'm an I, intern on Heat magazine. I remember chasing um, one of your colleagues around a club in Reading when I was a, a like a young dude, was 16, 17. Jamie Theakston. We saw him. Oh. And we're like, oh, it's Jamie Theakston. And we are definitely cool enough to go and talk to him. <laughs> and not at all sad. We go to Wells Cathedral School and I'm dressed like a very strange individual, but I'm going to chase him around. <laughs> Luckily, he managed to avoid us. We saw him once stared at him in a terrifying manner and he got away <laughs> the one that got away yeah. bless them <laughs> he's such a good human is he is he he's, yeah he's got a good i did um i did a demo with him for the breakfast show that obviously didn't get um and just doing a demo with somebody that good at radio i mean he's just phenomenal because he's human, you know, he's like yeah. that. He's just that guy that everyone knows and he's got a good heart. And he, but he, um, heart. he's good at heart, <laughs> good heart. He's good at the heart. Yeah. Um, but you know, those people in the world that you come across who lift you up, yeah, who don't uh, elbow out the way, who yeah. go, let's help you fly. Like Martin Bruce was saying earlier, who was yeah. like, let's turn mm. the lights off. Let's get back to shit FM. You can do this. Uh, through to Jamie Theakston, who knew I was really nervous doing a demo for breakfast, you know, up against Amanda Holden. <laughs> I'm like, hi, guys. <laughs> um, yeah. And we got on so well. And I got through right to the last round because of him. You know, he really just... Um, and I had my big boss ring me up and just saying, you were brilliant. Like, it was so good. Like, honestly, you're like an outsider here because it's all big profile kind of names. And, you know, you're well known, but, you know, we're going for like the Amanda yeah. Holden kind of thing. But he... Um, 
he was just, yeah, he was just like feeding you lines. Mm. Like I imagine, I don't know the musical equivalent, but yeah. somebody letting you be yourself yeah. and yeah. not yeah. feeling like you're shit or yeah. giving you confidence and going, that was brilliant. And yeah. he just was like, that was so funny. You're really funny or you're this. And you're like, it's Jamie Hickson saying That's these so things. Good, yeah. He was a, he's a lifter. And you don't often get that. You know, there's a lot of competitiveness, yeah. um, elbowing. And I think, you know, when you are in an industry where somebody does go fly, chick, fly, it yeah. is, again, to be celebrated. Yeah, absolutely. Do you ever have to go in and do cover on other people's shows as well as your own? So I'm doing New Year's Day. <gasps> Are you? <laughs> yeah. What do you got to do on New Year's Day? Just try not to be hungover. <laughs> oh, good Lord, good luck. <laughs> yeah, strength, strength for that. <laughs> we'll be rooting for you. Yeah, I'll be like, here we have um, uh, Shagan Allen Sugar High. Shagan Allen her Sugar High. And I just want to just shout out to okay. H from Steps. <laughs> if you're listening. I'll just, I'll just, just going to put on now 23. Just yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. The Tetris player. My tape player. Through my head breath. Happy 2021 team. Oh. Oh. Hey. Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Anna. Did you, do you want to explain yeah. how you know Anna? Do you know something? I forgot to say this at the beginning, they didn't I? They probably worked it out by now. Yeah, I imagine so. Well, Anna is a fellow parent at my children's school. Yeah. And um, yeah, basically, as we were saying in the interview, mm. I usually see her wrestling children to the ground or like trying to, our own, I should say, yeah. not just random children. Her own. Yeah, her yeah. own, yeah, yeah, yeah. my own. Um, yeah, she's another mum. And actually, it's genuinely true that we have these half conversations. We get about halfway through a sentence and say, so you're doing and never get any further. No. So finally, I know. Finally. You learned all those, those little uh, secrets and yeah. things you wanted to know. Yeah, yeah, you're I did. Now. now I know about H from <laughs> Steps. All's well in the world. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> It was good. Ah. Um, well, thank you so much, Anna. That mm -hmm. was uh, a fun chat. And um, thank you all for listening. Or yes. maybe you're watching this on the Patreon. And I, I hope you've enjoyed watching this <laughs> sneak peek at uh, the, the slick operation we have here. Yeah. Sat under a, um, a, a, la a street light yeah. in Sydenham. I'm looking Forest out at, um, at some park shopping trolleys. Uh, I don't know if it's an installation. You suggested it might be. I think it must be. You wouldn't just get two shopping trolleys. <laughs> Why would you? Just in the middle of the road. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It very much looks like we're on a covert drugs bust. It does. I feel like that. Yeah. I, I wish I brought um, a pack of 12 donuts. Oh, God. And some I wish. massive coffees. <laughs> I wish you had. Oh, man, that would be the that dream. Always, I always love that when you see massive coffees in a sort of stakeout. Yes. Or a, or like a, they're, they're pulling an all-nighter, they're getting all the yeah. files out. Yeah. All those coffees. I, I think if you actually drank that much coffee, you'd feel really weird. Also sick and, and so twitchy. Sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always, the idea of it is always brilliant. Um, yeah. So one day, oh, maybe yeah. we'll do that. An Should all, we do that? An all-night podcast. Amazing. Coffee. In this car. In this car. Yeah, I'll bring the donuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just really hope the battery, the car battery doesn't yeah. give oh, up. Seb, should we yeah. do a little teaser of what we've got coming up in a few weeks' time? Our very exciting yeah. live stream episode. <gasps> oh, my God. You've yeah. just said it. That was there it. we are. That's it. Okay. I've said it. <laughs> we've got an announcement to make. We're going to do a special live stream episode. And 
Should we? T- how much should we tell them? Well, we can tell them that it's going to be on the thirteenth of December. Yeah. So put that in your diary. Yes. Uh, it's going to be about sort of what five o'clock, six o'clock. Very much so. Yeah. That kind of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's and going to be in aid of Help Musicians Charity, who've been an absolute lifeline. Yeah. Amazing. Um, during this bloody awful year mm. uh, they've helped out so so many musicians who've been struggling you know loads of our colleagues and friends and so we're going to be raising money via your generous donations yeah on the 13th that's right yeah and, and it's going to be on youtube live from phil donnelly's house wait remember, remember phil him? you remember him from the first ever episode, episode one he's got live streaming capabilities yes he so has we are using those mm-hmm. multi-camera um the sound men, there's there's microphones, all sorts of things, Christmas decorations. Yeah, we're um, hoping there's going to be Father Christmas, aren't we? I hope so. I, I've hoping. heard that he might be around. <gasps> but we've got a house band. We've got the Hot Pops, which is Johnny Abraham's brilliant band. Remember him, Johnny Abraham? Yeah, he was on yeah. one of the early episodes yeah, too. He was. Yeah. Um, but we we do have some special guests, which we can't announce yet. But just just trust us. Mm. They they're good. And, and, and we haven't booked them yet or, or actually asked some of them. But, <laughs> but they're going to be good. And, and if those ones can't do it, then we'll get other ones. It doesn't matter. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It's about Christmas. Yeah, it is. It's all going to be good. That's it. So um, so anyway, stick in your diaries and it's free, but we'll be doing donations. So it will go to help musicians. Mm, yes. And it will also pay for some of the musicians that are there. Yeah, which well, seemed uh, pertinent, no. didn't it? Some of them. will be selective. See how well they perform. Yeah. <laughs> You're anyway, having some, you're not. It's going to be really fun. So, uh, so stay tuned for more details as, mm-hmm. as it comes in. What else should we mention? The, well, the Patreon. So we launched yeah. that this week. Um, thank you. We've already got some people and um, there's more coming in, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Um, go to the link in our description and it, basically it's patreon.com forward slash three in a bar. And there's all sorts of rewards. Mm. Um, you, get, you get bonus content. That's the main thing. You get a... Um, bonus patreon exclusive feed so extra content from every guest absolutely and it's really good content as well we've been siphoning off nice bits from each chat well so far it's been alice and anna Mm. but these both are great (laughs) yeah there's gonna be more as as the guests come in Mm. more content talking of which we better skedaddle to our guests oh yeah we 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 better had uh i haven't said that (laughs) phrase for a long time skedaddle (laughs) and uh yeah, well, thanks for listening. And if you've made it to this far in the podcast, we, we love you. Yeah, and, uh, we really do. If you want to do something for free, no Patreon involved at all. If you don't want to do that, then you can uh, just just uh, like and subscribe and share, tell a friend, tell a family member, that kind of thing. <laughs> that really helps. And, great. Uh, yeah, have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next time on Three in a Bar. Bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.